There was just so much blood everywhere. I was pretty confident that I was not going to survive. The teenager who survived a machete attack in Austin speaks out as he recovers in the hospital. The details behind his nightmare on a popular and busy local trail. We'll be turning very windy tonight, but our chances for some light icing into Monday are going up. We'll show you the changes in first warning weather. Well, we are hearing from the 19-year-old young man recovering after a terrifying machete attack at a downtown Austin Park. Speaking from his hospital bed, Gregory Gott says he was on a walk Tuesday morning at Auditorium Shores when he felt someone bump into him from behind. And when he turned around, he realized a man had a machete. Gott says the man attacked him with the weapon, which resulted in severe injuries to his hands and arms as he tried to shield himself from his attacker. The teenager survived, speaking from his hospital bed today, giving us a glimpse into the horror he endured. I'm there on the ground on this grassy field, and there are a bunch of people around kind of screaming. They don't really know what to do, and he gets up, and he's over me, and he just keeps swinging at me. So I'm just kind of rolling around on the ground, trying not to get hit the best I can. But at this point, my hands were... They looked like they were like falling off my arms, um, so there wasn't much I could do. Oh. Well, thankfully, bystanders stepped in, yelling at the attacker and jumping in to apply pressure and stop the bleeding, keeping him calm until help arrived. Despite the terror he went through, Gott says he feels lucky and has received a lot of support from the community. He says he does have surgery tomorrow, and then the doctors are going to have a better idea of the extent of his injuries. The suspect in the attack arrested and identified by police as 24-year-old Ashton Telly. Telly is charged with two counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and one count of evading arrest. A man has been found guilty and sentenced in the capital murder of a San Marcos police officer in 2017. The Hayes County District Attorney's Office says 57-year-old Stuart Metz was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Metz was sentenced today for shooting and killing Officer Kenneth Copeland in what the police chief at the time described as an ambush-type situation. All right, to the weather now and taking a live look outside here in downtown Austin where the skies look pretty clear. The temperatures are nice and comfortable. It's beautiful outside right now, but <laughs> get ready for some changes. This is the Central Texas Way, and our meteorologist Nick Bannon is joining us now to talk about freezing temperatures mm -hmm. coming our way. So, Nick, when do we start to see those temperatures drop? Yeah, those look to be dropping earlier now into Sunday morning, and we'll be focusing so much of our attention on that Arctic cold coming our way, but we do have a cold front coming tonight that we've got to talk about, too. It's been so active lately. This is how it is right now. You wouldn't know it uh, before this Arctic air. We've got 70s out there here. In fact, some of us are close to 80 in Mason. You're at 78. Most of us, though, are in the low 70s, including here in Austin. We're at 71 degrees. On clouds and radar, just a few scattered clouds. It's a mostly clear beginning to your evening. We do expect that rain chances go up later on tonight, and the winds will get stronger overnight as well. It's already windy now, gusting 20 to 30 miles per hour out of the south. That's what helped to make it such a warm day, but tonight a cold front comes through, and and then those winds start coming out of the west and then northwest even stronger than this. So we do have a wind advisory that begins at midnight, goes all the way through one o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and we could be looking at more winds 40 to 50 miles per hour in the middle of the night. These could actually wake you up and there could even be some isolated power outages tonight. 
Also, with the cold front comes a very low storm and shower chance. That's why you're seeing those low 10% rain chances as we get through 11 o'clock tonight and temperatures generally in the 60s the next few hours. Coming up in first morning weather, we'll time out the wind and the slight storm chances overnight. And then we'll focus on what everyone's talking about, the Arctic cold that is trending earlier and now the potential for some spotty icing into Monday. Okay, got a shiver just listening to you, Nick. All right, thank you so much. Now, as Texans brace for those frigid temperatures early next week, Nick was just talking about, we wanted to know, is the power going to stay on? Governor Abbott maintains the state is better prepared than ever to avoid the worst of our winter worries. And ERCOT says the chances of rolling blackouts is low, but officials are still preparing for the worst case scenarios. Our Ryan Chandler explains what you need to know. It's become an annual concern for Texans. Are they going to stay warm and are their lights going to stay on? What do they need to know this time around? Well, they need to know that this cold front is, is not expected to be as, as difficult or as bad as the one in February of 2021. I think the weatherization requirements for the electric power plants uh, have certainly helped. Since this freeze nearly three years ago, Texas has performed more than 1,500 inspections of power plants. State leaders are more confident than ever. Texas and the grid are better prepared than we've ever been. I think it's just a bit of a different uh, storm, but that doesn't mean we might not have issues. We're not out of the cold quite yet. ERCOT predicts a nearly one in six chance of rolling blackouts if conditions are as severe as the December 2022 storm. That one was not nearly as bad as February of 21 when ERCOT's own math said it was only a one in 20 chance of rolling blackouts. You know, once again, if as we play ERCOT weather roulette, if we come up a loser, we come up a loser no matter what the governor says. The good news is it shouldn't be as bad this time. It'll be a drier event. We're not expecting that much precipitation. We should be able to more easily get around to fix things should they break. Experts stress we all carry the weight of the grid. They say don't ignore the calls to conserve if times get tight. If 10% of the state were to do that, that might provide enough leeway for the entirety of the grid to operate without rolling blackouts. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. Now going in depth on this, last year the governor signed two bills aimed to bolster the reliability of the power grid and lower energy costs. The goal, of course, to prevent what happened in 2021. Senate Bill 6 established a Texas energy insurance program to add 10,000 megawatts of power to Texas energy supply during emergencies. Senate Bill 6 also established a state-backed low-cost loan program that provides financial assistance to local water projects. And Senate Bill 7 incentivizes the creation of dispatchable power to level the playing field, so to speak, between renewable and non-renewable energy. We are hearing now from witnesses of that explosion at a hotel in downtown Fort Worth earlier this week. Harrowing new surveillance footage shows a close call between one woman and flying debris. Now, the video shows the moment the first two floors exploded at the Sandman Signature Hotel. In this video recorded at the bar across the street, you see a flash from the explosion right there. And a hotel wall topples to the street and debris fills the air. Now inside, one woman was reaching for the bar's front doors and then it was flung open by the blast. You can see the debris flies straight through the window. Now here's what the woman had to say. I'm okay, it knocked me back a little bit, but I did see the, the fire come at me and felt the pressure cloud come through me. 
And this is what the window looks like now. The blast's force so fierce it knocked doors off their hinges, toppled railings, and cracked walls. The bar is now boarded up. Fort Worth fire officials say the blast injured 21 people. Earlier this week, they said they believe natural gas played a part in the explosion. The TSA says its agents found a record number of firearms at airport security checkpoints in 2023. According to the agency, over 6,700 guns were detected at the nation's airports. That tops the previous record of just over 6,500. The agency said 93% of those weapons were loaded. When a firearm is detected at a security checkpoint, local law enforcement is called in and the passenger and that weapon are typically removed from the area. And depending on local laws, the passenger may be arrested. TSA officials say a firearm can't be transported on airplanes if it, or I should say, can be transported if it's packed properly in a locked hard-sided case, placed in a checked baggage, and declared at check-in. Coming up, Boeing is now under investigation after a door panel blowout on an Alaska Airlines flight resulted in an emergency landing over the weekend. Plus, the Williamson County project designed to make a big impact in the affordable housing crisis. What makes this apartment complex unique? And as you prepare for temperatures to drop, not only tonight, but next week, we'll let you know what you should be on the lookout for on your winter weather checklist. The FAA is investigating Boeing after a door plug fell out of the fuselage of an Alaska Airlines plane during a flight, resulting in a mid-air blowout at 16,000 feet. A statement from the FAA said it will examine whether the company failed to ensure completed products conformed to its approved design and were in a condition for safe operation in compliance with FAA regulations. The statement also said... This incident should never have happened and it cannot happen again. Boeing released a statement saying it will cooperate fully and transparently with this investigation. Well, prices continue to rise in December, according to new numbers released today by the Labor Department. The consumer price index was up three-tenths of a point last month, pushing the rate for the year to 3.4%. The figure was higher than expected and suggests that inflation still has a stubborn grip on the nation's economy. Much of the price hike reflects skyrocketing housing costs. But the economic news does have some upsides. The Labor Department says wages adjusted for inflation were up about two-tenths of a point. Both cedar and mold inflating a little over yesterday, both up to medium and rising compared to 24 hours ago. Our temperatures also rising too. We made it to 73 in Austin. It'll be our last 70s for a while. We'll show you the bitter cold and the earlier arrival time in first warning weather. Williamson County making a big effort to tackle a shortage of affordable housing. KXN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with leaders of a complex in North Austin that's brought almost 300 housing units to low-income tenants. One, two. With the snip of some scissors, 275 new affordable apartments opened up in North Austin. With how expensive rent has been over the last few years, we're really proud that we're able to bring this development to fruition. Maxwell Whipple is with NRP Group, the developers of the James on Grand Avenue project. He says all of the units here are for people making 60% or less than the median income. Many of the units also have three or four bedrooms. 
something he says families with a low income can struggle to find in Central Texas's expensive housing market. And we've already got about 30 units that have leased up. Uh, residents are walking around at the playground and everything, so it's great to see some folks on and around the property. Mom of six, Anjali, was one of the first to move in and shared her experience at Wednesday's ribbon cutting. It made my kids feel better living here because when we moved, like when we moved from, my kids never got to go outside. The complex is just across the Williamson County line. Precinct One Commissioner Terry Cook says people in the suburbs aren't immune to the affordable housing crisis. If you talk to any of the serving centers across Williamson County, the numbers of people coming to them looking for housing and a solution are tremendous. She says one reason she supported building the complex is because it will have financial literacy and home ownership programs for adults and after-school programs for kids. Holistically, they're looking at families at what do you need? In Austin, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. And developers of this complex say construction is still taking place in some areas, but that is expected to be wrapped up in the coming months. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Before we get to this weekend's Arctic blast, we still have a cold front coming through tonight to worry about. We're here at 71. Look at that chilly air northwest of us. And some of that's going to be blowing in for tomorrow, knocking us into the 50s. That cold front also bringing a few spotty showers and even the chance for a thunderstorm ahead of it. So let's talk about that first. First, the clouds thicken up. Here's 10 o'clock tonight. Still dry. I think 10 30, 11 o'clock, our first opportunity for a few showers. And as we approach midnight, almost our best chance of rain continues up until about 1 or 2 in the morning as spotty showers and isolated thunderstorms move through the area. Generally, the highest rain chances are going to be northeast of Austin. That's where we may also find a strong or even uh, briefly severe storm. And then I think those storms will be out of here by about 2.30. And then we're clear again. Expect a lot of sunshine tomorrow. It will just be a windy and colder day. Our main concern with the storms anyway is large hail and damaging winds. You can see part of Milam County in a two out of five severe weather threat. Most of our eastern counties at a one out of five for that briefly large hail or damaging wind concern with any isolated storm. Most of us will just be concerned about plain old wind not associated with the storms and that picks up through the night, especially after midnight. Don't be surprised if the wind actually wakes you up in the middle of the night, 4, 430 in the morning, gusting 42 in some places up to 50 miles per hour. That would be strong enough to cause some at least isolated power outages overnight. It's also going to shift the wind to become out of the northwest, making for a chillier day tomorrow. The strongest of the winds will be Friday morning, backing off considerably in the afternoon, and then we're almost calm by Friday evening. So a shorter wind event than the one we had earlier in the week, but still yeah, the wind will be rocking overnight tonight. 20% rain and storm chances, mostly northeast of Austin, close to midnight. Overnight lows down to 41. Of course, turning increasingly windy tonight. And then our day tomorrow, 55, mostly sunny, windy, and clearly colder. Saturday's a quiet day, a good day to get ready for our Arctic blast, which now looks to arrive Sunday morning. I know you're seeing a high of 38 or so on Sunday. That's going to happen just after midnight. Here are Saturday evening's temperatures, 50s and 40s. But then here comes the cold just after midnight. We're in the upper 30s to near 40. And then we just keep getting colder. We don't think we get to those temperatures again the rest of the day. So the cold is arriving earlier now and lasting a little bit longer as a result. We may not climb above freezing Sunday afternoon. What about the days that follow? Well, 
Monday's high, 33, barely above freezing. Tuesday, 35, also barely above freezing. And then we're finally getting out of this here by Wednesday afternoon. But our nighttime lows, much colder. A widespread hard freeze down to 20 Monday morning, 16 Tuesday morning, 20 Wednesday morning. And when you add the wind to this, the feels like temperature could be in the single digits to near zero. We've also added chances for some light icing later Sunday into the first half of Monday. See that pink color here on the maps through Monday morning? That is light freezing drizzle or freezing rain that could bring some slippery spots to elevated surfaces like bridges and overpasses. So the forecast has changed somewhat for the colder and potentially a little more wintry. And then things start to slowly warm by the middle and end of next week. Nick, thank you so much for walking us through that. And while that wintry weather is still just a few days away, Central Texans can take steps right now to prepare themselves and their homes ahead of these sub-freezing temperatures. Experts recommend drivers fuel up their vehicles and check the air pressure in their tires to prevent any roadside emergencies. Residents should also stock their homes with non-perishable food and at least one gallon of drinking water per person per day. You should also keep an emergency kit inside the home and vehicles. Those can include a first aid kit, flashlights, matches, and candles. And don't forget to protect the four P's, people, pets, plants, and pipes. Those are the essentials that should be kept indoors and properly insulated to protect them from the elements. Digital reporter Kelsey Thompson has more details on your winter weather checklist over at KXAN.com. And the Central Texas Food Bank says that it's preparing for those cold days ahead. The Food Bank wrote on social media today that they're monitoring conditions and getting ready to mobilize should people need any food assistance when the temperatures plummet. They also said they are coordinating with other agencies to make sure the Central Texas community's needs are met during the rough weather. Now, city leaders will open cold weather shelters on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night. There will be free bus fares for those needing to get to the registration site at one Texas center on Barton Springs Road. Registration will start on those days at 5 o'clock in the evening. Well, still to come, meet the young football fan so dedicated to his favorite team, he landed himself in the hospital in order to watch them play. Another big shakeup in the football world. New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick announced he is parting ways with the team. It's the end of an era for the Patriots, with the team's owner Robert Kraft calling Belichick, quote, the greatest coach of all time after his 24-year tenure of leading the team. Belichick reflected today on his time as head coach. We had a vision of you know building a winner, building a championship football team here, and uh, that's exceeded, exceeded my, my wildest dreams um, and expectations. Uh, the amount of success that we were able to achieve together, um, you know, through a lot of hard work and you know contributions of so many people. Now the reason given for Belichick's departure was that it was quote a move mutually needed at this time. Now this comes, of course, just one day after another big change in the football landscape, the announcement that University of Alabama head coach Nick Saban is retiring. Okay, more football-related news. How much would you pay to watch your favorite NFL team play? I've heard of folks paying $1,000, $2,000. Well, this little guy paid just 25 cents, but... He also paid a trip to the ER in order to watch Sunday night's Buffalo Bills game. Six-year-old Ryder Borkowski went a little bit too far in his effort to watch the game after his mom told him he had to go to bed because the game was on too late and he had school in the morning. In response, what does he do? He goes and swallows a quarter, prompting a trip to the hospital where he knew he could likely watch. 
I just really wanted to stay up for the Bills game. No quarters are allowed in our house anymore. We were downstairs getting yeah. ready for the game. He was supposed to be up in bed. He came downstairs crying and said, Mommy, don't be mad at me, but I swallowed a quarter. As a mom to an almost four-year-old, this one scares me. Uh, it wasn't until Monday morning that he had the quarter surgically removed. But little Ryder still got to watch his beloved team play. And I'll have to check with sports, but I hope his team won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, coming up tonight on KXAN, we're going to head to the Big Apple with Law & Order at 7. And we get more crime drama with Law & Order SVU at 8. And another hour of crime in the big city with Law & Order Organized Crime. And then you can join us back here for KXAN News at 10.